Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 81. Hello, friends. Oh my goodness, it is good to be back. I did not mean to take a month off of the podcast, but you know, it is just that that time of year where, where things happen. So I'm just really glad to be back. Um, I hope that you can just be with me here and settle in with a nice cup of tea or your beverage of choice. I have got... Um, a new sampler pack of Harney and Sons tea. So I've been having a little bit of um, just stomach problems of having, um, I don't know, we won't go into details, like kind of an acidy upset stomach. And I've just cut out all the things, well, mostly, that would be causing that problem. And it turns out that I think that one of them is the fact that I drink a lot of tea during the day. And it's probably the caffeine. So I started drinking um, non-caffeine tea, like while I'm working. And, um, then I got really, really sleepy. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> the effect that having drinking tea all day really had. I, I didn't think of that. I wasn't doing it for caffeine consumption. I just do it because I like to have a hot cuppa in my hand. So I switched over to some herbal during the day. And, um, then I, so I was basically drinking the only herbal tea I had, which was sleepy time tea <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is fine. And I've got sleepy time. I've got the Trader Joe's version, which is called Well Rested, which is very nice and some straight up chamomile. But I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need some variety. So I got on just Amazon and Harney and Son has a whole variety pack. And um, I actually thought they were all herbal. It turns out one of them wasn't, but that's fine. There's six different kinds of tea, and I am drinking raspberry herbal right now, which is very nice. It is a mixture of rose hips, hibiscus, raspberry leaves. That's what that, that is. Um, there's also a lemon herbal, um, which probably has lemon <laughs> and herbs, yes. There is an Egyptian chamomile here. Um, there's a peppermint. I don't really like mint, so I will, we'll see if I like peppermint tea. During Christmas time, Trader Joe's has a green tea peppermint mix that I do like. So we'll see, um, if I like that. And then an organic Rubios. I think that's how you say that. And this always reminds me, I don't know if you ever have read the Alexander McCall Smith series of the number one ladies detective agency, but she drinks a lot of this because this is a um, an herb from South, um, what's this? Yeah, from South from South Africa, which is where that book series is set, and then that is making me want to go back and reread those books. Um, and then the last one it came with was some Earl Grey, which I was like, oh good, there'll just be some decaf um, black tea, but it turns out this is not decaf. So anyway, so looking forward to um, to trying those out. It was very uh, reasonably priced uh, little little value pack there. So I hope you guys all had a good holiday for those of you that uh, that celebrate. Um, we did here all the kids were home and it was a it was a very rainy Christmas uh, here in Southern California. And so we were kind of, um, I felt a little, I mean, I love the fact that it rained and it has rained off and on quite a bit since then. Um, which is exactly what we need here in California. But it rained a lot uh, right around Christmas time to where I felt a little bit like I want to get out and I wanted to go hiking with the kids. I wanted to get out and do things. Um, But it was just so rainy that we just really 
took it easy for those two weeks, um, which was very, very nice. And then our plans kind of got, again, a little bit derailed. All three kids are supposed to go back down to San Diego, um, you know, right after New Year's. And, uh, but plans were changing quickly. At that point, UCSD, where uh, my son goes, had said they were going to be online for the first two weeks. And now that has been extended through the end of the month. Um, so there was no real compelling reason for him to go back. And as a matter of fact, they were giving us incentives to stay away. So we took them. So my daughter went back. Turns out then she had to work from home because her office also closed. And so anyways, um, the kids trickled back down to San Diego one weekend at a time. And so our weekends just kind of got a little bit um, derailed from what I imagined. All, all really good. As a matter of fact, last Sunday, I took Ben down, my youngest, and um, and then was able to have lunch with my two other kids who were there, and we got to hang out for a few hours, so that's always, always fun. And we are actually headed back down there next weekend. Um, it's my uh, middle son, his birthday, middle child, oldest son, and uh, we don't always get to, well, I guess during the pandemic years, we got to finally celebrate his birthday with him, but it's just kind of a random time at the end of January that um, he was never able to really be home for his birthday once he went away to college. So we're going to head down there. Um, as a matter of fact, we are going to do something we've never done, and that is take our new dog, Bailey, with us. Um, our other dog, Teddy, was a very carsick dog, so we couldn't really take him places. But we ran a little experiment yesterday where we put Bailey in the car in a crate and took her down to Ventura to the beach and let her run around on the beach. And oh my gosh, it was so fun. It was cold and windy, but um, she clearly had such a great time. And she did great uh, in the car for, you know, uh, you know, all told over an hour there and back. And um, so we're going to see if we can get her down to San Diego. Then the kids could see her and they all really miss her. They all really bonded with her over um, Christmas time. So that was really nice. And, um, and there's lots of beaches. There's even a dog beach in Del Mar. I'm thinking we'll head down early next Sunday morning and go straight to the dog beach and let her run around and um, maybe get ourselves a, a late breakfast and some coffee before we head all the way into San Diego to see the other kids who all sleep in really late. But we are early birds. Um, and, uh, and maybe just spend the day outside as we usually do in San Diego with the dog. And then we've got the crate and we'll crater up in, uh, in the kid's apartment and, and do a birthday dinner. So it'll be a grand experiment. It might go terrible on us. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, but this has been a lot of adjusting to, um, you know, back to the empty nest, which I've had very little experience from since after, um, we took Ben to college, I was traveling um, for various reasons for almost a month. So um, back to trying to figure out how to plan food and cook for two, things like that. Um, I definitely spent some time with my power sheets, which I will talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, just, you know, trying to figure out my focus for the year. I'm definitely one of those people that looks at what happened the year before and what I want to plan for the next year. And, um, and so I definitely spent some time doing that during those rainy days. And here, as we are here at the end of January 2022, um, wrapping around to what is almost two years of this pandemic, I have to confess that I felt like I really it was holding it get together mentally for the longest time. And I just kind of feel right now like the cracks are starting to show. Um, 
and just, uh, you know, there's been a lot of change recently and just feeling like a little down, just kind of struggling to do the everyday things. Um, I know it's temporary, and uh, but I, if you are also feeling, you know, like you have held it together, or maybe you haven't held it together, but just this new wave of activity here has just got you down, you are not alone. Um, so I'm definitely trying to just, you know, take care of myself, eat right, and um, get back to some creative endeavors because I do think that that really helps. I, I learned about myself during this whole pandemic that when I am feeling you know, down and, um, you know, like I've got no control of what's going on is I just get on my iPad and I watch a whole lot of TV, which I can usually, um, justify because I'm doing some sort of handwork or something, but I definitely find it an escape and I have to kind of watch my, my consumption there. So, um, anyways, so that is, uh, getting y'all caught up in what's been going on in the last month. And now before we head into the quilting segment, um, I want to thank the Fat Quarter Shop, once again, we love the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. What's going on right now is the Fat Quarter Shop is almost ready for their ninth annual charity quilt along, and this quilt is called Heartfelt. The way the fundraiser works is that they offer heartfelt patterns as free weekly downloads during the during the whole time here, and there is a suggested donation of five dollars each, and that money goes to the Make a Wish Central and South Texas campaign. So you can also just like give one larger donation of like fifty dollars, and and then just download them guilt free. No amount is too small, and every single bit counts. Count. So definitely get in on this. So what they do is from September, from February to September, they will publish a new pattern on the heartfelt announcement blog page on the first Friday of each month. Um, they offer kits, and the the sample quilt is made of the. Corey Yoder line beautiful day and it is gorgeous um, and they have kits for that but all the fabric requirements to sew it in your choice of fabric is is included in the pattern it's a beautiful quilt fe- featuring a heart in every block sort of a heart in a different way in different traditional blocks it's absolutely beautiful I will put a link in the show notes if you want to get involved I've done these quilts alongs in the past and they are a lot of fun so I definitely recommend it all right let's talk quilting I finally got my um my sewing space all set up again because I, I broke it down when the boys came home for Christmas um, because that is a place where um, we need to set up computers for my son, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we have Christmas dinner there. There's lots of reasons why that space uh, is needed for other reasons. So I didn't do a lot of sewing um, on the machine there. Um, and I'm still kind of, you know, um, rearranging. I'm, I'm not recovered from the way I had to just tuck things away during the pandemic. And I've got my sewing supplies in too many different places. And I haven't quite dealt with it. I need to do the Marie Kondo thing where I get all my sewing stuff in one room. And then I just like figure out what's what. But um, I did clean out the space under our stairs, which is where I keep a lot of our um, wrapping paper and things like that. And that's where I tucked a lot of sewing stuff away. So I pulled some of that out and I spent a whole afternoon one weekend just going through all the sewing stuff and um, pulled out stuff for donations. I've gone through my fabric so many times that I really do have fabric that that I like. So I don't have a lot of fabric to... Um, to get rid of, I do have a huge black trash bag full of scraps 
um, that I think I will donate to a local quilt guild and I've got some books to donate there and um, even if they just use those scraps to stuff dog beds or whatever I just I don't want to get rid of them um, but I don't at this point, I'm just realizing that I'm probably never going to use them in that way. So if I want to use my stash, I need to use the stuff that's in on the shelves in the baskets. That, And I'd be, ha be happy if I was just using that. So um, this week, I'm going to put back up, um, before I took all, you know, just really turned my, my sewing area over to my son during the pandemic, um, I had little, um, what do you call them, little mini quilts on one wall and I took all those down because they were embarrassing to him because they were in the back room ground when he was on a zoom call when he was going to college or with his friends or whatever um, there's even there's baby pictures directly behind him and that too and we had to take those down because he found those embarrassing but um, I was realizing that uh, I, I came across those mini quilts I'm like I need to put those back up so I think I'll do that I just put them up with little clear thumbtacks um, but that just I'm, I'm slowly making that space my own I went through all the shelves I have a little roller cart and um, just kind of reorganized everything it felt really good I'm just you know I want to re I even have tried different table orientations but just rethinking rethinking that space and freshening it up so that has felt good which made me feel good about getting back to sewing um I am still you know I <laughs> I sometimes feel self-conscious that I do not have a lot of quilting output right now I have at various points during this podcast but I have not right now and I feel bad about that so just let's just say I'm glad this this podcast has varied content and you're just not here for what uh quilts I'm working on <laughs> She'll be sorely disappointed. But I'm back to my scrap quilt, which is from the book, Quilts for Scrap Lovers. It's called the Sunshine and Shadows Quilt. And um, it's just a very simple large block. Um, I've talked about it before. And if I think about it, I'll take a picture. Um, and I, each block, um, I tried to do a low volume background, but I do not, even though I have a lot of fabric, I do not have enough um consistent low volume I, I really need to, to up that part of my stash um, but every block is for me just like a has a white background and then 12 different prints in the same color family of a, of a color and that is really proving to be harder than I thought it would be I felt like I had plenty of fabric right so right now I've done um, kind of an, a light blue aqua cut block a yellow block a pink block and I just cut um, fabric last night for more of a navy and a green block and it is really hard for me to come up with 12 different prints that are in the same so you know for instance green you know green can vary dramatically depending on how much yellow is in it um, I did just barely squeak by on green for my yellow block I had to um, duplicate I didn't I didn't I just did not have 12 that worked <laughs> and I don't like it I realize I really like 12 different prints um, the pink one went okay even though after I got it sewn together I realized my um, I did not distribute the lights and darks correctly um, and I may rearrange that one it's already sewn together but we'll see I mean as as just you know a couple units in an entire quilt I don't think it'll really matter but um I am gonna there's 12 blocks in this quilt so I'm coming up on uh, five here and I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do for the other ones but I am going to struggle to come up with fabric I may have to go over to Minky's house and say okay because that woman has a lot of fabric and go okay help me out with some uh, additional prints here um 
because I'm realizing that a lot of the the um, fabrics that I'm using actually are Minky's fabrics because you know they're they do all kind they they they're in the same color family right you know like she might have three different pinks in a line and even from line to line they're often very similar so she's saving me there but um that so just coming up with 12 different fabrics in each of these colors it's it's harder than I thought I may have to like reach out and say people help me send me one six inch square because that's all it takes is one six inch square to make a um a, a unit um yeah, and that's all I need. So anyways, um, so I'm working on that. Um, obviously, always thinking about the next quilt that I'm going to do. Um, my friend Vicki over at My Creative Corner 3 is looking at, I think, a triple Irish chain scrap quilt. And um, that's got me interested. Um, it reminded me of a Bonnie Hunter scrap quilt I did. And that, you know as much as I was saying I was going to give away that big trash bag of scraps I thought maybe I really could go in there when I did the the Bonnie Hunter scrap quilt what was kind of fun about that one is there was absolutely no thought as to how things went together or like what colors they were it's like you could throw in anything and as as she always says like there's no fabric that is too ugly you just need to cut it smaller (laughs) (laughs) um and uh although I really I don't think I have any fabric I consider ugly anymore I've gotten rid of all of it and hopefully it has found good homes but uh I thought oh maybe I should really try to use the scraps there um but anyway so uh, I love Irish chain quilts and I do have a free pattern on my um on my blog for my uh, for an Irish chain quilt super easy oh that's interesting I've always wanted I gave that one away and I've always wanted to make another one that's maybe I'll do that anyways I also feel like life is so short why maybe I shouldn't be making the same quilts twice (laughs) so anyways um just kind of looking around for what my next project's going to be um but I'm going to see this one through this is my goal is to really see these quilts through to the end I am binding my Cabin Valley quilt um about halfway done um just was not feeling the binding there for a while but yeah I got back on it this week and and that's been fun um, what else? I guess that's really it on the sewing side. Um, I did get a new iron and next podcast, I'm going to do, um, a review. Hang on while I go grab it. So as you may know, I'm a huge fan of Aluso irons. The whole smart touch technology where you leave it horizontal and when your hand touches it, it goes down. This is so brilliant to me. Um, as a person who is constantly knocking off irons off of my ironing board this has stopped me doing that um it is also Aluso irons are super hot they have really long cords which is amazing you can they actually tell you to just put tap water in it as opposed to distilled water there are so many good things about these irons but they have a new one out and it is called the tg 1600 pro plus and it has got all kinds of new upgrades to it i got a pink one Uh, my last one was um yellow they also have a very pretty blue and a orchid purple color so if you are into those um but it has um also what's great about aliso irons is that they have a 30 minute shut off but if you tip it over into a weird way it turns off in 30 seconds so lots of safety features um, they have improved the sole plate of this one. Um, it's called the Diamond Ceramic Flow Sole Plate. And, um, you know, the, the uh, what's it called? The, the cord 
pivots and swivels so it's like never never in your way it um this one of the new features is that it's 1800 watts and then apparently it heats up amazingly fast and it's got a three-year warranty so that's just i'm just like telling you what's on the box but um i'm going to unbox this and start using it this week and i could not be more excited about it so um i would love to know if you guys are also fans of aliso i also really love their little craft irons the the, the mini ones um which are so perfect to keep near you with like a um a wool pressing mat when you're just um doing units and you know it can just keep it right next to your sewing machine and just press open your little two patches and four patches and then take your whole block to the sewing machine later on love that too so next time i will do um, a more complete from my own experience review of the new oliso iron let's move on to knitting i've also been knitting a bit um i had a pair of sock in the socks on the needles from last summer I remember saying that apparently I always cast on a pair of socks in June because they're so perfect to knit in the summer outside, just lightweight, things like that. So I have those. They're all blocked. They're beautiful. Don't know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> Nobody in my family likes wearing knitted socks. Um, and even I sometimes realize that because I don't need them for warmth, um, and I think I do use thinner yarn than I used to when I first started knitting, but, you know, I feel like you can kind of feel the the yarn on my feet um, but I do so they're not always as comfortable as like just factory made socks but I do love how they look and how warm they are and when it gets cold around here during the day I definitely wear them um, but I've got those set aside and then I went on Knit Picks and um, well I got the Knit Picks catalog and they have this type of sock yard called static which um, knits up into a bit of a pattern and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I went on Knitpicks, the, the website, and it was on sale, super cheap. And so I bought um, a couple of those. It hasn't shown up yet, you know, shipping. Um, so I can't even remember. I think one was pink. I tried really hard not to buy blue, but I think I bought blue. <laughs> I think it was kind of oceany. It was called seafoam, so kind of bluey, greeny thing. So um, yeah, so I, I like having sock yarn um on hand because so i can just you know cast on something whenever i um, am feeling the urge i should probably try something different like i do cuff down just vanilla socks i don't even usually do patterns because i really like the round and round mindless thing and i do the magic loop method which i think and i i did dpns forever and thought i do not understand why everyone does not do dpns but now that i <laughs> i do magic loop it's the way to go i've tried the nine inch circular which i wish i could get on board with um if you're knitting you know what i'm talking about um and i should try it again but i could not i could not get used to that it was just you had to really knit on just the 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 half inch on on the of the points like it's only nine inch is circular as and so your stitches are really taking up most of that needle and I don't know if it was too fine of work for me I didn't find it relaxing but I should give that a try again and maybe I should try toe up um I've heard people or two at a time or just try some new thing that I'm you know um instead of doing my same old socks over and over I also wanted to share this YouTube channel that I have fallen in love with. It's a knitting YouTube channel, and I wish I knew how to <laughs> pronounce it. Um, I want to say it's Kutova Kika. I am sure I am butchering that. K-U-T-O-V-A-K-I-K-A. -A. Um, the YouTuber is from Finland, but she does it in English. 
I'll put a link in the show notes as always. Just, you know, if you've been around for a while, you know that I, I do quite extensive show notes. So anything I talk about here, go over there and it'll be there. So she is this delightful knitwear designer and knitter. And um, she really, she does a lot of sweaters and she definitely has a style. She definitely um, likes them a little chunky. They're not usually really long. She often does a little kind of larger sleeves. Anyways, um, but she, she, her style basically is that she does uh, a more intense yoke and then just, you know, like stockinette you know, more of a plain body, which I'm sure seems like a wonderful rest after like a lace work yoke or something. But anyway, she has done um, these videos where she tries on every sweater that she's knit in 2020 or 2021. Um, she has a video on how to knit a sweater, um, you know, just like a, a how-to tutorial. I recently watched one where she did a 24-hour challenge where she tried to knit an entire sweater in 24 hours. Um, and that was very, there was very fun to watch. So, so anyways, um, check her out. So if you've ever, you know, want to be inspired about knitting sweaters, or if you want someone to make you want to knit a sweater, that is the YouTube channel for you. All right. So let's move on to books. I have been doing some reading and here's what happened is I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I had asked for and received a Kindle Oasis um, as a Christmas present. We got it. They, they are pricey. I will tell you, but, um, we ordered it on Black Friday, so I'm sure they'll go on sale again, especially when they do the, um, I feel like the Kindles always really go on sale during Prime Day as well. But as I mentioned when I um, had talked about it last time, but I didn't, didn't have it in my grubby little hands yet, is that it solves all my issues that I have with the my existing Kindle. So I love to read eBooks. As a matter of fact, I am almost embarrassed to admit that I almost... I don't. I prefer them now. I actually prefer them because I feel like I can take them anywhere. Um, it doesn't matter what the light is, you know. Um, my husband's very sensitive to me reading with light and all my book lights have never really worked out. So um, so I like that. But I have the issue is for years I've just read on my iPad mini, which apparently they don't make anymore. So I feel like this last one that I've got might be my last iPad mini. But the pro- there's a couple problems with that. One of them is the blue light issue. Um, I did solve that quite a bit by switching to um, dark mode um, and then really putting the contrast down. So that was kind of a, a late discovery for me. But one of the real issues is that if I am reading on my iPad, I will stop reading and go check Instagram or check the email that I just got. I, I can read in a very distracted manner where um, if I'm just on a Kindle, that is not an option. My other problem with the Kindle before, the normal Kindle Paperwhite, which, you know, I had for many, many years, but realized I wasn't using because the screen was so small. And at um, my age, (laughs) even though, you know, you've got reading glasses or, you know, all these things, um, I didn't want the print too small. So at the size font that I wanted, I just felt like I was constantly flipping the page. And I had an old enough Paperwhite where I felt like there was a delay when I would swipe it over and I just found that super irritating. I also like to read in the tub. I used to put it in a Ziploc bag and read it. Um, So the new um, Oasis, um, number one, has a warm light setting. And as a matter of fact, you can put it so that it just automatically come on, comes on at like sundown <laughs> and stays on for a certain amount of time or whatever. So it, you don't even have to think about switching it over to that. Um, 
and I actually do have still in dark mode. I just do think that is easier in your eyes. It was a hard transition to for me to start using dark mode on my devices, but I, I do like it now. Um, it's water resistant, so if you drop it in the tub, it'll be fine. Um, it's funny, when I first opened it on Christmas and looked at the screen, I was like, wow, that's really small. Like, is this really bigger? Because I had measured it. And so I went and got the other Kindle. And in fact, it is quite a bit larger. And I never think that the screen is too small anymore. Um, you've got multiple ways of um, uh, turning the pages. You can just do the normal tap or swipe, but it actually does have buttons. It's um, It's got a... Um, how do I want to say it, a, like a border, a metal border on one side so you can really hold it from the side without, and then you can use these buttons to turn pages um, without interfering with the screen. And at first I didn't want a cover. I've never had a cover for my Kindle. Um, I made a little quilted thing that I would put it in so I could put it into my purse and it wouldn't get scratched up. But um, I was kind of feeling for the first few weeks that first of all, it was kind of slippery. I, I was kind of struggling figuring out how to hold it comfortably so that my hands were in the right places and stuff. So there was a little bit of a learning curve. But at one point, um, I just was kind of afraid it was gonna get scratched. So I started looking for a cover and I found the best cover. Um, and I, I didn't think I wanted one because I just like the slip. I wish I could have my phone without a cover if I could only be trusted. Um, I love the way those sort of electronics feel, but I was worried and it's expensive, so I wanted to protect it. I also didn't feel like I could just throw it in my purse. So I'll put a, a link in the show notes to this um, cover, but it is the bomb. I completely love it. First of all, I love the way it looks. It's kind of got my signature, um, you know, bluey green aqua co uh, color, kind of a linen-y looking thing with what looks like a little bit of leather down one side. But so it's got the total thing where you you know you close it and it will turn it off and when you open it it turns it on so that magnetic thing that like my ipad cover has um and what's kind of cool is then you open the cover and you flip it around there's a magnet that holds it back there and there is an elastic strap back there that you can put your hand in and that turns out to be the best thing i'm going to get a phone that has one of these kinds of elastic band things you put your hand in there and then you can just like hold it so comfortably because you don't have to be gripping it at all. It's amazing. It also has like a little kickstand. So I read a lot at lunch and so you can kick it out. Like a, it's almost like a picture frame thing and it'll just sit in front of you while you, while you eat. So it is absolutely <laughs> the best cover. Um, I have no idea what it's called. I will put a link in the show notes. Um, but if you, and they probably have them for other types of Kindles too. I'm not really sure, but I feel like the new Kindle, plus the cover, um, plus the fact that my new Kindle came with four months of Kindle Unlimited has just kind of like opened up a lot of reading things for me, which has been really nice. Um, I don't know that I will ever pay for Kindle Unlimited. It's $10 a month, but it has been really nice to have. It is not, in fact, unlimited, <laughs> just so you know. I was reading, I actually read an Agatha Christie book. Um, oh, I forgot to put this on my list to talk about, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, and I, I got it off Kindle Unlimited, and my husband was like, why would you get an Agatha Christie book that is like in probably in the public domain um, when you could read a bestseller? And it turns out most of the bestsellers are not really on there, but but there's plenty of books. If you're not picky, there's plenty of books. And they come with the audible, you know, if, if there is one, the audible audiobook is included with it. So as a matter of fact, I did that with a book called um, In Farley Field by 
uh, Reese Bowen, R-H-Y-S, who is a woman who has written a bunch of books that are kind of right up my alley, historical fiction. I think I first have heard of her because of um, Amazon is putting ads in front of me all the time for this person. So I finally, it was a Kindle Unlimited. And so I read it and I got the Audible. So whatever was convenient, some like if I was driving around, I would listen to it. If I was laying in bed, I would read it. And I love that. Um, I'm, I'm totally hooked on that whisper sync, it's called. Um, so that was nice. So um, this was an, a historical fiction um, <laughs> World War II, England, <laughs> which I'm laughing. If you know me, that's like, of course, that is like 90% of the books you read. Um, but this was fun. This was three friends from this little country town. Um, one is the this girl who is, it's basically, she's the Earl's daughter. So like think Downton Abbey, this is Lady Sybil. <laughs> you know, she's um, one of the daughters. Um, and she is friends with the vicar's son, and then also um, this other this other boy. Um, the vicar's son and this boy are best friends, and they, he they're also rich, but sort of the it's a nouveau riche. The the dad bought the title, kind of a thing, so they don't get as have as much respect. So, anyways, it follows these three friends, and they um, and and what they do for the war. One is a fire pilot. Um, one works for MI five. And um, the girl actually works at Bletchley, if you, you know, as a, as a code breaker. And, um, but none of them, you know, the people who work in the intelligence, they're not allowed to tell anybody everything. They're always downplaying their involvement in, um, in the war. And so it's, it's very interesting. That, so um, something happens in Farley Field. This, this uh, guy just falls, like his parachute didn't deploy and he falls and dies in Farley Field. Farley is is Downton Abbey. It is it's the it's the big um, Earl's house. So anyway, so they are trying to unravel what happened to this guy, who they think maybe is a German spy. They don't really know, and um, and it's how all three of them are involved in this mystery. And it has been it was just it was a really fun ride, um, kind of light historical fiction. Um, I totally enjoyed it. I will definitely seek out another Reese Bowen book. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a new one out. And again, a lot of her books seem to be on Kindle Unlimited. So I will definitely be checking those out. So that one was fun. Um, so also, you know, I'm always on the lighter side reading. My friend Frances uh, sent me a little snippet recently when I was lamenting how <laughs> I don't read serious books. And she um, found a quote of somebody who's who was talking about how you know what? Escapist reading is just fine. Just like every once in a while, throw in a decent piece of literature and you'll be doing fine. So so I need to find what's my, my decent piece of literature here. Because my new um, two other fluffy reads that I read during Christmas time were the new Notorious um, book, which are these um, cozy mysteries uh, involving a quilt shop owner. And um, that was really fun because I had pre-ordered it there like, I don't know, $1.99. So I'm always pre-ordering them, even though they actually now are on uh, Kindle Unlimited. But um, it was called Murder, It Seems. And it just, I was in bed reading one night and it just plopped right into my Kindle, just notified me, oh, you have a new book. And that was, I found that so delightful. And on the same day, um, okay, so Murder, It Seems, um, you've got this Megan, who is a, a quilt shop, or not a knitting store owner and she just she's married to the chief of police and she just gets involved in all kinds of of murder shenanigans um I, or at this point couldn't even tell you what it was about 
<laughs> it was just, it was a fun ride. Um, and the other one is called, that I read is called Ink and Shadows by Ellery Adams. And she, this is part of the, um, she's written the, what's it called? The, now I have to look it up. The Secret Book and Scone series, which I've read the other, I think this was book three or four. I've read the other ones. Um, these are fun. It's a little bit of magical realism. We've got a bookshop owner who can um, talk to you for a few minutes and then pull a bunch of books off the shelf. Um, fiction, nonfiction that, that will fix you, <laughs> that will just hit you right where you need it. And then there's also a bakery store owner who will make you a scone, a comfort scone that, um, again, is going to be exactly what you need, bring you back some good childhood memories or whatever. And so it, it's, it's along those lines. So um, there's this whole group of women and they get together. Um, there's always a murder to solve. There's always somebody to help. And, and they, are, they are really fun. Um, as a matter of fact, I follow Ellery Adams on um, Instagram and she's doing a Agatha Christie book club this year. I think they're going to read through them in order. So that's where I got the idea to read The Mysterious Affair at Styles, which is Agatha Christie's first book. And the version I got actually had um, the normal book, but then this sort of alternate ending of the way she wrote it originally, but I guess her editor made her change it somewhat. Um, but I hadn't read an Agatha Christie in a long time. I was very much into them in my 20s. And uh, and so that was really, really fun to get back to a straight up Agatha Christie mystery. It was a Hercule Perot mystery. And now I kind of want to go dig up um, a Miss Marple mystery. So I'll put that on my list too. So um, I got my my cozy knitting mystery, my cozy bookstore mystery, <laughs> my Hercule Poirot mystery in Farley Field. What else? Right now I'm reading The Rose Code, which is by Kate Quinn. And she wrote The Alice Network, which is a book I read um, a couple of years ago. As a matter of fact, I think I was reading that right around the time the pandemic started because I remember listening to it as I was driving around. Um, Burbank when my son was involved in a in a musical honor society thing that all got shut down because of the pandemic anyways so also World War II England um, I'm at the beginning of this but it's you know the Alice Network and I imagine the Rose Code are basically about kind of the untold stories of how women were involved um, in intelligence operations in, in the war and uh, and like nobody really talked about them they were often really small operations um, but so anyway so I'm reading that it's a it's a book I'm reading on Libby right now and I'm running out of time um, but apparently if I turn Wi-Fi off I think they won't take the book away from me so <laughs> but I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm getting my feet under me on that one I wish it was also an audiobook it probably is somewhere but I just I really do love my audiobooks because then I can read and do something else at the same time so anyway so that's what's been going on um, with with reading and just uh, really enjoying it especially now with my new with my new Kindle so with the family around um, we definitely were watching some uh, TV shows and movies together. So I thought I'd talk about those a little bit. Now I'm realizing there was all kinds of things I didn't even write down. We got Disney Plus for a month so that we could watch Get Back, which is the eight-hour Beatles documentary, which was amazing. It is 
they, they were it was actually footage that was shot for what they thought was going to be a movie or they kept changing their mind documentary or something way back then like in the 60s and only now did they put it together and what was very interesting about this is it was footage of them in a, in basically a, a studio <laughs> studio is kind of a big word for it even a room um working out they wanted 14 new songs to perform by the end of the month this was like the beginning this was like first of january 1969 and they were going to perform at the end of the month and all kinds of things happened they kept changing their mind about a million things but they were trying to come up with 14 songs and some and the songs that they come up with i mean these are ones that uh that that you know you know like get back um now i'm like totally blanking out on what they are but that's not the point the point is is you watch them bring these songs to life and you see what the creative process is for even geniuses like the Beatles. Um, you, you really, especially, I feel like Paul McCartney really shown here. I know that John Lennon also wrote a lot of um, really good songs, but I feel like Paul McCartney was really at his prime here. Um, but you really get to see how they, they work things out, um, how they screw around so much. And it was so funny because my, because I kept saying out loud, like, stop messing around. You were running out of time. And, and my son was just kept pointing out how, um, how that always made me really uncomfortable. And in reality, I think it was the, the messing around is sometimes what led to, um, through to breakthroughs, you know, so that is, there was kind of, as any kind of a creative, I felt like there were lessons to be learned here that, um, you know, don't be afraid to play. Don't be afraid of the messy middle. Don't be afraid to keep revising. There were versions of, um, you know, many of these songs that you, that were like not what the final version was, but were so close, but it was just like, oh, they just, just kept tweaking and just kept tweaking and revising. And, um, and it was really fun to get a, a handle on um, some of their personalities. I never knew that John Lennon was like such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> that he was he's like uh, goofy he's super goofy and silly and I always think of um, John Lennon as being really serious um, the other thing my family teased me about is that um, my my constant irritation with Yoko Ono who sits next to John Lennon all day every day through this whole thing and I was just like give him some space Yoko <laughs> give them some space. She drove me crazy. So anyways, so Get Back cannot recommend that highly enough. It's eight hours. Um, you know, we watch it over a course of a month, um, just a little bit at a time, but just absolutely, you know, love that. The other movie we watched as a family was called Don't Look Up. You probably heard of this. It's got an all-star cast, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, um, Ariana Grande, so enough. Um, oh, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill. Um, so this is a, um, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a very funny movie. It's, it's funny and dark at the same time. And, um, it's a little bit of a commentary on what it's like to live in our country today and how we are ignoring climate change. So um, it is about a, um, a comet, is it a comet or an asteroid, that's headed towards the Earth. They've got about six months heads up on this and um, how they try to get the word out 
about this and what can be done and um, what the media does with it, how people deal with this information, things like that. It sounds really depressing um, and it is a little bit dark, but it's also very, very funny. So uh, we enjoyed that. Okay, we watched Encanto and I feel like I'm just going to be the only person who just says, we didn't love it. I still don't even think I get it. I've looked up what does what does this what was the message of Encanto, and I've read it several times, and I still couldn't even tell you right now. So I, I got to be honest with you. So we were watching it, and um, first of all, it's very Lin Manuel Miranda music, which obviously you know. I mean, I loved Hamilton. Um, I thought he did a great job in Moana, but um, my kids and I are, we were just looking at each other, going. This, this is not as good as normal, which is not what everybody else is saying. I got to be honest with you. And then we just thought the lyrics were kind of like a little too obvious. And we're just like, I don't know. And then we just got to the end of the movie and we're just like, what was that about? So complete. So I got to say my daughter, who was an English major, who um, was talking about it in some very academic, analytical ways, <laughs> also didn't get it. She's like, the germ of the idea was there. I think the execution was not. I felt like it was rushed. Um, okay, I often fall asleep during movies, and I was definitely kind of snoozing in and out. So I was just like, maybe it's just because, you know, I miss stuff. So before we canceled Disney+, Plus, just my husband and I, we just, I watched it again. I'm like, maybe I will get it. It was better. It's better if you stay awake. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the music better the second time, but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I've heard it and I keep hearing it just to be out in the world. And so I'm used to it. The first time I heard it, I'm just like, okay, the, the nobody talks about, or we don't talk about Bruno. That is a great song. That, that is, that's the clear breakout song of, of the thing. But um, I kept reading that, you know, people were crying. They cried all the way through it. And and I kept looking at my husband going, at what point are people crying? I'm just, I'm just not even sure. And I would love for someone to explain this to me because I just don't get why this is hitting everybody at the emotional center right now. I really don't. Um, the only thing I can think of is if it's just really striking some chords with dysfunctional families or uh, pressure of where you feel, uh, what your expectations are in your family, whether you are expected to be the, the perfect one or the one that shelters all the stress, like the oldest, or I don't know. That's the only thing I can come up with. Um, but I feel like in some ways I fall into both those categories in my family of origin and I'm still not, still not crying. So I have, I feel like I've not heard one person say anything except for the fact that they loved Encanto. We did not love Encanto. We did love Luca, which is just like some other show. And I guess it's in the last few years, another Disney movie. Um, it was either animated or I don't even remember now if, or if it was um, CGI uh, about, um, it was just super cute. And, and maybe it's because I had no expectations about it. Um, these uh, like, you know, sea monsters who live under the sea and they come up on land and um, they're trying to win this race, blah, blah, blah. It's just a super cute. If you've got kids or um, grandkids or something, super cute called Luca. Um, a couple shows that I'm looking forward to um, is The Gilded Age on HBO. This is the new Julian Fellows who did Downton Abbey. Um, 
It's got Christina Baranski in it, which I think will be really fun. Um, so it's about the Gilded Age, which is the late 1800, kind of the end, they, as they say, the culmination of the Industrial Revolution, um, which, you know, there was a lot of um, a lot of money. A lot of people got really rich around this time. And um, so I, I don't know a lot about what it's about, but um, visually the trailer looks really amazing. And I do love a good, you know, Julian Fellow soap is really what they are. Um, so I'll check back in with you on that one. And I just read that the new season of All Creatures Great and Small just dropped on PBS. And I found that, uh, I guess it was probably a year ago now, it came last January. I remember doing my hand-pieced quilt-along quilt in January, watching that show um, based on the James Harriet novels. And they were that that whole series was absolutely delightful um, and I feel like that is just what I need right now so that's all creatures great and small and once again I would like to thank Silk and Sonder for sponsoring the podcast Silk and Sonder is a monthly journal subscription you get a new journal each month it's like getting a free do-over every single month not to mention um, 12 beautiful journals that have recorded your year at the end of the year Every month has a theme. Um, the upcoming one in February, I know, is Adoration. I haven't gotten that um, one yet, but it's I got the shipping notification. I'm very excited. What's cool about Silk and Sonder journals is that there are similar elements every month, and there are new elements every month. So the, um, the monthly pages, the weekly setup, the journaling pages, things like that, those are consistent. Um, they are like... I. <laughs> My friend Vicky called them, they are like old friends, which I love. So I know exactly what to do with those. I have um, changed them to my needs so that it really works for me so that I can have everything from my hopes and dreams and um, brain dump journaling and my daily to-do list can all be in one place. And that for me, I tend to have lots of different pieces of paper, but my Silk and Sandra journal is the one place I can go to do that. There are so there's, I said there's a theme every month, but there's also new journaling prompts every month that just can kind of um, take your your journaling in different um, in different directions. So if you're the type of person that just kind of is more like a diary of writing um, down what happened, um, there's places for that. There's places for gratitude journaling, but there's also places to explore different areas of the theme like patience or indulgence or joy, things like that, that will bring up different things in your journaling that you might not normally think to to journal about. So I've really found the, the benefit of this um, little, uh, this beautifully done notebook. It's like a little spiral notebook um, on very nice, beautiful feeling paper. Just if I just get in there every single day um, and and dip into different prompts, that's when I really find that I get the most uh, benefit out of it. So if you would like to uh, give it a try yourself, um, pop on over to the, the show notes. There's a link. And um, if you're a first time trier, then I have the uh, code of SHE15. So S-H-E-15 will get you 15% off um, a one month or a three month subscription, whatever you want. Another element that I love is that they have what are called Saunders Socials. And these are um, events that you uh, join online. It's like a Zoom call. And someone will take you through different aspects of the journal. I am signed up for one next week, which will go through the monthly setup. That's my favorite one where we can really set up the whole month um, for success. They have weekly setup ones. They have ones where you do the coloring page or dive into different aspects of the theme. So 
the Saunders socials are just like this little extra um, that, that go along with this whole journaling experience. All right, let's just wrap this up a little bit with um, some New Year's planning. So we are already into January here, but there, as we all know, there is nothing magical about January 1st. So um, through the end of December and into January, I pulled out my Power Sheets, which is a goal-setting workbook. I love it so much, and I'm just, the, the one I have this year has got this blue linen cover, and it's gorgeous. It was just so fun to work in. And if you've done Power Sheets before, I feel like there's a lot of new content this time. And they even have videos now called Goal School that will walk you through each section. But what's cool about the prep work in Power Sheets is that I feel like every time I do it, um, it's really about uncovering themes, themes for your goals. And it always goes, I don't know, not always, but in a different direction than, than I thought it would. Um, and so that has been fun. And it's been fun to look back. I've done this probably, this is maybe my fifth time now. And, um, and I have uncovered some patterns that I like and that I don't like. <laughs> so the the what the themes that emerged for me um, I didn't really pick a word of the year but my themes are home and health these are the two areas where my heart is this is these are the changes that I want to make so that when I'm doing this a year from now or 11 months from now that I don't want to make the same changes I don't want to have the same goals next year as I have this year and that's one of the things that I realized as I went back through some other years I'm just like you know I'm always trying to lose you know, 30 pounds. And I'm like, okay, this, this needs like, and I, and I wonder to myself, what else could you achieve if the mental load of always trying to lose weight was just lifted from you? Right. And it's not just a vanity thing, but I mean, it is, but you know, at, at my age in my mid fifties, it's, you know, it's a health thing too. I've really, um, realized with some close friends, you know, your life can change very quickly health wise. <laughs> And it seems like things are interconnected and there can be a domino effect that can go downhill really quickly. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to keep, um, you know, myself as healthy as possible. So um, in terms of home, um, you know, I'm really looking to the next five years, really working our way through this house and making all the changes and the, the upgrades and the maintenance and the things that to take us into the retirement years. I'm, I'm not retiring probably in five years, but you know, just like, and it'll probably take longer than five years. So I just want to be working towards those. And, and I'm never going to do that without a plan. So that's going to start with um, redoing our bathroom. And I keep getting stalled out on that because I feel very overwhelmed by that project. So I actually did go, we redid our kitchen using Home Depot and it worked. And that was gosh, oh, 18 years ago. Um, and I still think that is our new kitchen, by the way. But we did it all through Home Depot, and it was a very pleasurable experience. They handled it really well. So I'm like, let's just do the same thing with the bathroom. Um, but I'm already, I'm just, I'm hitting like hurdles at <laughs> every turn. Um, they don't like to do the, the bathrooms as much as they do the kitchen. So they, they send that out to a company, to another company. And I'm like, that's fine. I just need to someone, help, someone to come in to help me, you know, like get going here. But they, then it turns out that those people don't want to help you unless you want to redo your tub and shower and things like that. I don't want to do that. I just, for me, it's more about the vanity, mirror, paint, tile, lighting, stuff like that. So I need to find somebody that will help me with that. So um, I'm trying to really take some small steps. So I'm actually going to head back over to Home Depot today and explain my situation and see if we can go another route. If that doesn't work out, I may try the same thing at Lowe's, but I just need that first, that first step to get going. Um, 
And, um, and the other thing, the other sort of step that I want to take is to walk around the house and make my big list of these are the maintenance th things that we need to do. These are the more decor optional things that I want to do. And I'm definitely in that headspace right now. And I am not enjoying it, to be honest with you, where every room I go into, I just see all the things that need to be done. You're like, oh, we really need to replace those shutters. Oh, that light needs to go. Oh, this needs to, you know, just like, oh, this flooring is done. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had molding around these doors? Oh, what if we had new doors? What if we had new windows? <laughs> you know? So I'm in that uh, real place um, where I'm just seeing all the flaws and I don't like it. I, I, I know that we live in a very nice house. It's, you know, and um, I want to uh, be appreciative of that, but I am definitely in that fixer upper mindset right now. Um, and I'm thinking the same thing, of course, of course, because I always do want to do everything all at once um, about the, the yard too, and all the changes I want to make to that. One of the books that I got for Christmas and this I did get as a print book, and I have it sitting out because it's so beautiful, is called Discovering Dahlias, and it's the new Florette Farms book. And um, that made me get out the cut, what's it called? Cut Flower Garden book, also by Florette Farms. And um, really trying to make some plans for creating a cutting garden in the spring. And um, so that's probably... Uh, it's a lot because I want to start things from seed, but I don't know where to do that. We, so we'll have to see. So um, I'm kind of tackling both those at the same time. But anyway, so that's home. Home is just um, improving. If the only thing I got done this whole year um, is redoing our bathroom, you know, I would be happy because I've been wanting to do that for 15 years. And the other thing is health. Um, and of course, I want to lose the weight. Um, I want to find a strength training routine that I really like, and I don't like doing it. So I'm just really, I'm again, I'm trying to realize that, that atomic habits thing, the 1% rule, the small things add up to big things. And the reason why I have trouble with that concept is because I'm never consistent enough to see those bigger results by making consistent small changes. I make small changes or even big changes and then I stop. And so consistency is what I'm working on. So I found this podcast called Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. I don't need to lose 100 pounds, thank goodness. But um, she is out of that same school that um, it, it kind of resonates with me. It's uh, There's a bunch of these weight loss coaches out of the Life Coach School. It's my, Christina Ubell for the Doctors Only One, Adara Thomason with the who's specialized in helping quilters lose weight, and then Corinne's got her own thing. Um, I will. I really like Katrina. I really like Dara. I really like Corinne. Corinne swears like a sailor. <laughs> Heads up on that one. But... Um, she has a little free course and then she's got this great podcast and there are hundreds of episodes. And the one thing that I have um, taken away, she basically has four simple steps. One is to um, drink 64 ounces of water. The other one is get eight hours, you know, it's between seven and nine hours of sleep. Check, check, working on those, no problem. Um, keep a food journal which I'm starting to do, which is not the same as counting calories or tracking your food so much as making a plan for what you're going to eat and then writing about whether you execute it or not and why not. But here's the most important part is she talks a lot about um, hunger, that the reason people are overweight is because they're eating when they're not hungry. And that's 100% true. And so um, she has these rules about, you know, 
only eat when you're hungry, and then stop before you're completely full. And believe it or not, th those two things have really changed some things for me because I'm a person that wants a snack in the afternoon. I don't snack at night. I want a snack in the afternoon, but I constantly have stopped me and saying, okay, are you hungry? No. Why do you want to do this? Because I am procrastinating doing this project for work, you know, <laughs> which is the answer 90% of the time. Um, but, and then stopping like leaving some food on the plate, stopping when you're not, when you're a little short of being full um, has also kind of been a game changer for me. So anyway, so just, again, small steps working on those um, concepts. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that over time, that's going to make a big change. I'm also back to doing uh, Paula B, who I really like. She's on YouTube. Um, she does a lot of work with weights. I'd like to get a little bit more serious about working with weights, but I'm not there yet. And seriously, I'm sometimes just doing a 10 minute weight workout and going, okay, now I'm just going to go for a walk and, and I'm just, you know, going to just chip away um, at doing those things a little bit at a time. Um, because yeah, I think it, if I do keep that up, then you, you tend to go, okay, well, you know, I did 10 minutes yesterday, but I think I could do 15 minutes today or, you know, so that's the point. All right. Um, I think that's about it. Um, no new reviews to thank you for. <laughs> so um, I would absolutely appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, share it with a friend and um, hop on to um, iTunes or whatever, Apple Podcasts now, Google Podcasts, and um, leave me a rating, a review. I, um, I enjoy reading those. I really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. So I really appreciate that. I hope that you are having a wonderful start to the new year, and um, I hope that we, you know, we'll stay in touch. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser, and please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group um, so we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>